From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. Golden Valley-based Mortensen has long played an active role in a renewable energy sector that's been around, as the company points out, a lot longer than some people might think. For proof, look no further than Mortensen's own experience. Just last fall, Mortensen celebrated the 25th anniversary of its Wind Energy Group, which was launched in the mid-1990s with, quote, a single wind turbine project in Iowa, end quote, as the company has noted. Mortensen's wind portfolio has since grown to encompass 200 projects with 30,000 megawatts of energy. This year, Mortensen expects to work on projects in Minnesota and more than a dozen other states. Tim Mogg, a 40-year Mortensen veteran, is vice president and general manager of the company's wind energy group. Mogg leads strategies around business growth and oversees pre-construction and construction of wind power facilities, according to his bio. Mogg is an active board member of the American Wind Energy Association and a past member of the Society of American Military Engineers. He previously managed the company's federal contracting group. In the following interview with reporter Brian Johnson, Mogg talks about the past, present, and future of Mortensen's Wind Energy Group, the outlook for the wind sector writ large, and the PR hit that wind took following the deadly severe weather crisis in Texas which left millions without power. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, thank, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Just uh, to read a little bit from your bio on the website, um, Tim uh, leverages 40 years of construction experience to deliver successful projects. Tim is generally passionate about the wind industry and equally passionate about ensuring that every customer has an exceptional experience with Mortensen. His ambition for construction is fueled by the challenge of driving out waste, lowering costs, and delivering high-quality, fast-track, schedule-intense projects. And Tim is an active board member of the American Wind Energy Association. So, um, so that's your introduction. <laughs> um, well, thanks. So I, I guess I was wondering if you could, uh, I, I know that Mortensen has been quite active in the wind energy sector for some time. Um, can you give me a sense of sort of how you got into this niche and, and how many projects you've completed in Minnesota and across the country over the years? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, we are incredibly blessed. Um, to, to, to be in the wind energy space um, and, and to be a leader in the industry. Um, you know, we have uh, 
Uh, first of all, it's a great industry. It's, it's the right uh, industry to be in. And we have just some absolutely amazing customers. You know, um, you know, most people don't think that the wind industry has been around that long, but we've actually been in the wind industry now since 1995. So we just celebrated, you know, 25 years uh, of being in the wind industry. And, and during that time, uh, Brian, I think you asked about projects in Minnesota, and I think we um, completed 23 projects in Minnesota and one repowering project. So with the new wind and the repowering in Minnesota, that's about 2,500 megawatts uh, of the wind in Minnesota that we've, uh, we've been fortunate to, to be uh, a part of. And then um, when, when I think about the industry as a whole in that, la in that uh, last 25 years, we've installed about, about 30,000 megawatts and that's uh, getting close to 200 uh, individual wind projects. So been a great run. Yeah, that is uh, quite, quite, a, and it is surprising that it's been around that long. Um, you, you mentioned uh, repowering, and that's kind of a, it seems like a new buzzword that we're hearing in the industry. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that entails? It sounds like as some of this infrastructure gets older, there's a need to maintain it. And is that essentially what we're talking about? Well, you know, Brian, that, that is part of it. Um, when, when, you think about re or when you think about the wind industry, you know, some of the early projects that were constructed were constructed in some of the absolute best wind resources. So, um, you know, and some of those facilities are coming up on 15, 20, 25 years old. So repowering has really become popular starting back in probably 2017, where uh, we would go in and, uh, and really, you know, upgrade the facility um, by, by sometimes putting on a larger rotor, uh, you know, uh, maybe updating the, the generator and putting a new gearbox or maybe even a new nacelle on. And uh, that's really, you know, uh, going to, you know, increase the output uh, of, of the facility and, uh, you know, renew its life, if you will, you know, well, well into the, the future. So uh, we started getting into that uh, with our customers, um, back in 2017. And I think we are somewhere around 23 or 24 projects that, uh, that we've repowered over our since that time. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as a real growth area in the sector? Uh, I, I do, I, I do for the reasons we talked about earlier where you know some of the earlier sites have the best wind resource and they're already interconnected to the grid. So it's just, uh, it's just great to continue that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your overall outlook for the um, wind industry here in 2021 and beyond? Yeah, well, um, I'm an optimist when it comes to renewables, but and I'm very bullish on uh, on the wind industry. Um, you know, we're just coming off of two, you know, back to back years, 2019 and 2020, uh, where they were just watershed years for high watermark years for us in terms of. Uh, you know, revenue and, uh, and megawatts installed. And, and 2021 uh, won't be as robust as 2020, but it will still be, um, you know, a, a very, very good year. I think in 2020, we worked on 23 or four projects. In 2021, um, we're going to be working on about 14 to 15 projects, including Repower. 
And uh, we're going to be working in, I just counted it up the other day, I think 14 different states. So uh, like Minnesota, California, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Oklahoma, South Dakota, um, Washington, Oregon. So for pretty much from coast to coast, we'll be spread across the, the, the country in 2021. So it's going to be a good year. Any particular projects here in Minnesota that you can highlight, uh, either current or in, in the pipeline? Yeah, you know, we just uh, we just finished a project in Minnesota last fall called Nobles uh, for um, for Elite Clean Energy and Tanaska, and then in 2021, uh, later this year, uh, we hope to start a repowering project for Excel, uh, repowering the original Nobles project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, what do you see as some of the challenges or, you know, headwinds, uh, no pun intended, that the industry might be facing uh, in the coming years? Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, when, 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 if, I, if I think of headwinds, um, my mind usually goes right to um, you know, available transmission, you know, lines and, um, you know, interconnect points uh, you know, to, to, to tie the, the, the renewable power in. You know, as you know, Brian, um, uh, some of the best wind resources aren't necessarily located right by some of the biggest load centers. So uh, transmission, uh, you know, is probably that, that biggest constraint for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, just... Uh, to touch on one thing that's been in the news that, uh, you know, wind power has come under a little bit of scrutiny, uh, given what's happened with the recent severe weather in Texas and the mass power outages and so on. Um, there's images of frozen wind turbines appearing on social media and things like that. Uh, what, what is your reaction to that? Well, um, anyway, first of all, you know, ERCOT, you know, we'll, we'll be studying this uh, and they are studying this and, uh, and, and they'll, they'll figure out uh, ex exactly, you know, what the issues were and, uh, and, 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 and what took place. Um, yeah, you're right. Wind, uh, unfortunately and unfairly uh, came under scrutiny. Um, and it's unfortunate that when you have an event like we did in, in Texas, that it becomes political. Um, I thought uh, the you know, American Clean Power Association did a good job of, of responding to that. And, uh, and again, I think, you know, what we need to do is let ERCOT, you know, come, you know, study it, come out with the facts and then, and, and then, and then deal with facts. Very unfortunate situation. And, you know, when I think about it, uh, you know, once again, you know, the, uh, the linemen and, uh, you know, the utilities down there did a remarkable job. And there's a lot of people that, worked in some very unfortunate weather conditions to restore power as quickly as they possibly could. So, you know, um, my gratitude and appreciation goes out to those folks that did everything they could to restore the power. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned ERCOT, can you remind me what that acronym stands for? That That's the regulatory body? Yeah, yeah. So ERCOT is like uh, the electrical, let's see, what is it? The Electrical Reliability Council of Texas. That's right. And from what I understand, there were failures across the board with the gas uh, plant. Absolutely. Everything. So it's, um, yeah. 
I mean, you, I mean, uh, you know, wind turbines operate in all, all sorts of conditions. And, you know, uh, Brian, you're from Minnesota. You, you've seen 20 and 20 plus below weather days and you see turbines uh, that, are, that are operating them. Mm -hmm. uh, wind turbines do have a cold weather package that can be installed and, you know, to make them, um, you know, operate in, in, in some of the absolute most, or, you know, some, some of the most severe conditions out there. So, uh, yeah, if, if some of the turbines in Texas don't have that uh, cold weather package, that's a pretty easy fix. Mm -hmm. well, that kind of ties into the repowering aspect that you're talking about, doesn't it? I mean, there's always uh, ways to improve the existing infrastructure. Yeah, I would say repowering is quite a bit different than that. Uh, really, the, uh, the cold weather package that could be installed, I think, could be easily installed by just the through the normal... Uh, routine maintenance uh, mm -hmm. of, of the turbines. So that's an even simpler fix then? Yes, much, okay. much. Okay. Well, I know I'm familiar. I, I have a daughter who attends the University of Minnesota's Morris campus, and they have a lot of wind turbines around there, and, mm -hmm. and uh, she, she loves it. She thinks it's great, and they seem to be doing really well. So um, it looks like there's a, a strong future um, for all renewables, including wind. So, yeah, ab ab absolutely. I, again, uh, very bullish, and I think we're heading in the right directions with respect to to renewables here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, are, are there any other thoughts you have uh, before we let you go here? Um, we certainly appreciate your time. Well, no, thank thank you. Uh, um, love the industry and love talking about it. But thanks for your time. Sounds great. And thank you as well, Tim. Take care. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.